This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Welcome to this edition of TBU's Bat Books for Beginners, episode 215. My name is Jerry. And I'm Chris. And we are your hosts. On Bat Books for Beginners, we will examine story arcs with Batman and related characters. We'll give you the historical background of the book, break down the plot and the art, and give you our opinions so you can decide for yourself if they're worth a read. Today's Bat Book Chris and I are covering is The Return and Batman Incorporated, Volume 1. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about this book. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jerry. Jerry, did I detect uh, some of the uh, classic stylings of uh, The Weight by the Band over there? Yes, you sure did. One of my favorite songs. One of my favorite songs. One of my sister's favorite songs. You're knocking it out oh, of the park. Great. Wow. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's fun to play. Yeah, my, sister's a, my sister's a new fan now, just uh, based on your song selection. <laughs> so this is good. <laughs> Terrific. We got another listener. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Bat fans, for downloading and hearing our show today. We're taking a soft pass on the classic Batman 188 today and turning our attention to Batman Incorporated. Batman Incorporated is a 264-page full-color softcover trade paperback that was originally published in January 2013 and had a cover price of $19.99. 
The softcover version of this trade has gone through numerous printings. There also exists a, quote, deluxe hardcover version of this edition that I'm not sure warranted the mm. word deluxe, but there you have it. Yeah. The deluxe version was originally published in April 2012 and had a cover price of $29.99. Both versions collect Batman Incorporated Volume 1, issue numbers 1 through 8 that were cover dated January 2011 through October 2011. The first two issues were cover priced at $3.99, and the latter were priced at $2.99. This also includes a one-shot Batman Incorporated uh, Leviathan Strikes. That issue was originally cover dated February 2012, and it was originally cover priced at a whopping $6.99. A special thanks hmm. and shout-out to our good friend Ian, a.k.a. Ian Prime, for bringing that issue to our attention. Uh, we are also going to mention uh, Batman on the Return in this uh, podcast because this does introduce a particular character integral to our story. And if you wish to obtain this version for yourself to read, the original back issues appear to be hovering at or around cover price from online vendors. One online vendor had a copy of the hardcover for as little as $3.28 at the time of this recording. Mm -hmm. And this is available on Kindle and Comixology for $7.76. For our creative team, as per usual, I'll go off of online resources and my memory. The Batman was cre created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. Our writer is Grant Morrison. Morrison has been uh, mentioned numerous times on our podcast before. He was born January 31st, 1960, making him 39 years old. His early comic work includes the series 2000 AD. That was a UK series. I first encountered his work in the late 1980s on the title Animal Man by DC Comics, which I highly re recommend finding on trade if you're not familiar with it. His other credits include Doom Patrol, JLA, and All-Star Superman for DC Comics, New X-Men for Marvel Comics. He's currently doing a great, great job on the Green Lantern title for DC Comics. And we have a few different artists uh, on this book, but one I don't think we have mentioned is Yang Paquette. I don't mm -hmm. think he's been previously mentioned in our podcast. Paquette was born April 22nd, 1974 in Montreal, Canada, and he's 45 years old. In 1994, Yannick Paquette drew a title called Harem Nights. It was a four-issue miniseries with writer Michael Lacombe that was published by Fanographic Books' adult-oriented line of comics called Eros Comics, with an X. In 1996, Paquette drew two miniseries adapted for TV series, Space Above and Beyond, which was written by Roy Thomas for Topps Comics. In the following year, he and Thomas reunited once again to draw Xena Warrior Princess Year One for Topps Comics, and this would be where I first encountered his work. He has numerous credits for both DC and Marvel, including uh, the Knight and Squire miniseries from way back in 2010. He's been nominated both for an Eisner and Schuster Award for his work on Wonder Woman Earth One this year. Cameron Burke and Chris Burnham also provided artwork on Leviathan Strikes. With respect to this tome, Batman Group editor Mike Martz elaborated on the overall theme of this new title, saying, quote, Grant Morrison, if he's writing Batman, or if he's writing Batman and Robin, or if he's writing Batman Inc., his storylines will deal with big concepts and the epic storyline, and the multi-layered bigger story. That's Grant's strong point. So that's what Batman Inc. is about. It's about expanding the Batman universe and the Batman line and the Batman cast of characters, unquote. In interviews, Morrison stated that the animated series Batman the Brave and the Bold was a major influence on the premise and tone of this particular book. The first story arc contains several references to the Batman manga from the 1960s and even reintroduces a character called Lord Deathman, a.k.a. Deathman, who first appeared in Batman number 180, cover dated May 1966 in the American comic. And he threw this into the mainstream DC continuity. 
In addition, a new protagonist named Hiro Asamu is introduced as the psychic of Mr. Unknown, the Batman of Tokyo. As for the commercial nature of Batman Inc., Morrison said he was inspired by real-life tools to market the image of the title character. Quote, I was looking back at the old Tim Burton Batman movie in 1989 and the way that in the way they played the symbol. It was such a major merchandising tool, so I wanted to do something that represented that, or echoed it. So Batman Inc. is the notion that Batman taking the symbol and saying, let's form an international army or team, or police force, which is endorsed by Batman and wears Batman's symbol, end quote. Over on Amazon.com, this has a rating of 3.9 stars out of 5 based on 48 reviews. And over on Goodreads.com, this has a rating of 3.67 stars out of 5 based on 4,397 ratings and 253 reviews. However, however, we still have to listen to Jerry's awesome recap of this story. And the key and pertinent question remains, just what does he and I think of it? And with that, I shall turn it back over to you, Jerry. Thanks, Chris. Great rundown. So we're going to talk about this story after a few messages from some of our friends. Sawete. My name is Stella, and I am the host of Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. Backroll to Oracle is a podcast dedicated to Barbara Gordon, the first woman to hold the mantle of Backroll for an extended period of time, roughly 1967 to 1988. The goal of Backroll to Oracle is to examine the character's history from her first appearance as Backroll and continuing through her tenure as Oracle. Each episode looks at a vintage issue of Detective Comics or Batman, as well as other books like Justice League and Freedom Fighters, and modern issues of Batgirl and Birds of Prey. I also keep track of news involving Batgirl and other members of the Bat family, and I have a revolving series of segments like Babs in the Tube, which highlights appearances of Babs in TV and film, Shipper Spaway, which looks at a variety of comic and pop culture couples, gives their history and determines whether they are hot or not, Reading with Stella, which could be described as an audio drama, or just me reading a book that relates to Babs or doesn't, and of course, the mainstay literature recommendation. I've been blessed to interview writers Scott Beatty and Chuck Dixon on their Backroll Year One work, Brian Q. Miller on his Backroll run, Dwayne Swarzynski and Christy Marks on their separate Birds of Prey work, and the creators and actors of the Backroll Spoiled, the web series. I hope to interview more creators and actors in the future. My goal, most importantly, is to make a fun, entertaining, and thoughtful show that people enjoy and from which they learn. Find the show online at thebatmanuniverse.net and iTunes, and follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Batgirl to Oracle. Thank you, and fly on, Babs lovers. Welcome back. So here is the story of The Return and Batman Incorporated, Volume 1. Just to catch everyone up, Bruce Wayne is back as Batman, and Dick Grayson is out there as Batman too, and Dick has Damien as his Robin. There's an organization called the Leviathan that's causing problems all around the world. Batman, the Bruce one, has decided to create Batman Incorporated, a worldwide collection of bat-friendly superheroes and soldiers that can defeat Leviathan. Bruce Wayne publicly announces that he is bankrolling the operation. Lucius Fox has an army of fighting robots from Wayne Enterprises. They turn them into Batman robots. In Yemen, Bruce Batman and Damian Robin are in some bat mech suits and go to a facility that reports show has been the scene of bio and genetic experiments on humans. They find a bunch of dead soldiers who seem to be imperfect uh, uh, examples. They try to save a woman left delirious in a vat of nasty chemicals, and they are attacked by Tractier of the Super Collective, who is crushing on this woman named Spydra. 
Robin is confronted by a new arrival who says that he will know him, but not yet. Robin gets a tracking device on him. The new arrival is a Leviathan agent and is mind-wanked the Sheik's son to be servant of Leviathan. The kid shoots and kills his dad. Hail Leviathan! Batman overhears the whole mess from the tracking device. Batman and Catwoman infiltrate Dr. Savannah's armory. He has an invention Batman insists on having for himself. They interrupt a gang that's trying to do the same thing. Batman fights them while Selina breaks open the safe. They find inside a gem called Project X. Lord Deathman, a skeleton-headed guy, is on the loose attacking bat-adjacent soups around the world. In Tokyo, he kills a Mr. Unknown and his partner gets away. Batman arrives at the scene to, va- to find the dead ex-soup. Batman and Catwoman take care of some henchmen left behind. One tells them that they are waiting for Lord Deathman and the kid, the body double, got away. That kid, Jiro, returns to his apartment to find his girlfriend tied to a chair, his carpet mined, and Lord Deathman and his men there. Jiro shoots Lord Deathman, who crashes out the window. The girlfriend says that was a mistake because he was the only one who knew how to stop the trap that she's in. Trap? What trap? Batman and Selina arrive. And now a hatch opens and the woman falls into a watery tank. Though Selina dislikes water, she dives in after her and finds herself in a tank with an attack octopus in the apartment below. Batman smashes the window and frees the two ladies. The girlfriend, Misaki, breaks up with Jiro. That's a bummer. Jiro was Mr. Unknown's actual leg man. Unknown was too old to do the physical stuff, so Jiro took his place. He asked Batman to be part of Batman Incorporated, but since he used a gun in the fight, Batman turns him down. No guns. At the hospital, doctors are operating on the body of Lord Deathman, who comes back to life and kills everyone. His henchmen arrive and they blow up a disabled children's bus to create a diversion and escape the hospital in a sports car. Lord Deathman mows down innocent bystanders. Batman finally catches up with him. They go to an aquarium where Lord Deathman attacks Aquazan, an aquatic-themed superhero lady. Jiro is there, too. They fight. Jiro is shot and killed. Batman captures Lord Deathman and locks him in a safe and shoots him out into space for safekeeping. Turns out Jiro isn't really dead, and because he resisted using a gun, even though he was shot, Batman accepts him into Batman Incorporated as Tokyo's new Batman. In Argentina, Batman works with his old pal El Gaucho to invite him onto the team. They defeat some henchmen of a boss who they discover is named Ouroboro by an overtalkative parrot. The baddies have kidnapped some kids. They also discover a Dr. Daedalus is a player in all this business. A team of British soups are on his trail as well. They find where the kids should be held and are confronted by a video of a masked man in a wheelchair, sombrero, taunting them. Also there is Kathy Kane. Now, she was a motorcycle trickstress at carnivals and is also the original Batwoman back in an older age and the first woman Bruce Wayne loved. The masked man taunts Batman, telling him that El Gaucho killed Kathy. But it turns out it was all a mistake, but the two men fight anyway. Turns out Kathy isn't dead and is tussling with the new modern Batwoman. 
Kathy had been turned into evil by Dr. Daedalus, an ex-Nazi. Batman and El Gaucho fight and find Sobrero and save the kids. Yay! Hey kids, remember Nazi Germany? Well, Dr. Daedalus does. He was a scientist for Hitler, and after the war, he ran Spiral, the spy agency for the UN. And now it's starting to sound like he's the Ouroboros feller trying to start a world war. Batwoman, the modern one, meets British good guy The Hood. They go to Daedalus's lighthouse lair. They get attacked by scorpion robot bombs. Batman and El Gaucho fly in his Batman silent batplane to save him. They're attacked by Scorpiana, a scorpion-themed villain. They defeat her. They find and confront Daedalus. There is a metabomb on the island that Batman finds. The Batplane blows up the bomb. Turns out Daedalus isn't the real Daedalus. Batman must decipher the mystery of Ouroboro. Batwing is now part of Batman Incorporated. Also, the Bat-robots are deployed to fight crime. Commissioner Gordon meets the two Batman, Batman, Batmans, Batmans, that we know is Bruce and Dick. Yay, the Bats are back in town. Batman gets the Bats together, all of his uh, associates, and tells them that they are now fighting Leviathan. Bruce, Dick, Damien, and Alfred travel to Paris, where they meet hero the Night Runner. He and Batman save some kidnapped kids, but the kids are already sucked into the Leviathan death cult. Even Cassandra Kane, now known as Black Bat, is helping out. Batman is recruiting more bats. There are Batmen all around the world defeating crime. Mr. Necto, a freaky big-looking guy, visits the baddies, the average Joes, and tells them of this batworld.org. <laughs> they team up to do crime. But Necto is really Batman, I guess, and punching ensues. Native American Batman, Man of Bats, and his son and partner Raven are working with Batman Inc., fighting the Reds gang. Raven is upset with the hero versus family situation and quits the crime-fighting biz. Batman visits Raven and tells him that Leviathan has targeted them. Man of Bats is with the local cops and one of them is working for Leviathan and he's stabbed. There's fighting and Man of Bats looks like he's going to be lynched. Batman and Raven arrive to save him. Man of Bats is in the hospital, and Batman recruits Raven to Batman, Inc. Bruce is visiting his scientists who have created Internet 3.0. In a cyberspace simulation, they are attacked by some freaky soldiers led by the Worm Captain. Batwoman joins to help. They fight the baddies off, but everyone is chased. One of the scientists is a traitor. Batwoman figures out who. They face off against the bad simulation fighters. They isolated the mutated code. I guess that's what happens anyway, and they trap the baddie. The bats realize that the country that Jezebel Jet ruled or is ruling is back and bad. Maybe she isn't dead after all. Stephanie Brown gets into a girl's boarding school run by Leviathan. She got in because her dad was the villain Clue Master. Many of the other girls are also children of supervillains and are good fighters in their own right. They test Stephanie and she passes, so she's led into the inner circle. There's an initiation where the leader of the school is shown to be Johnny Valentine, son of Professor Pig, or something like that. Stephanie fights and breaks up the initiation. She gets into her Batgirl garb and escapes with a friend. Batman shows up to help. The friend turns out to be a Leviathite. Batman visits the headmistress, who is about to kill him when Steph shows up and stops her. 
Bruce Batman, Dick Batman, Red Robin, and Damian Robin are in the Leviathan submarine looking for Jezebel Jet and are in Daedalus's lair trapped in a circular room. Which door should they choose? Bruce picks the white one. The door shuts behind him. He finds Daedalus and fights off his men. There's a gas that messes with your head in the room, though, and Batman struggles to fight it off. And it turns out that El Gaucho is a turncoat and fights him. Batwing figures out that Jezebel Jet isn't the leader of the Leviathan and heads off to tell Batman. Back in the circular room, baddies attack Dick, Tim, and Damien. They win. Yay. One of them was Night Runner. They had gotten turned into zombies. They get into the main room and find that Daedalus is a skeleton. He's a phony. The real Daedalus sets off bombs all around the world. Lord Deathman gets involved. Oracle takes control over the Robobats. El Gaucho goes to poison a weakened Batman, but it turns out he wasn't a turncoat after all. He gave Batman an antidote and attacks Daedalus, but gets slashed for his trouble. Batman gets tased a few times. Batman goes to stop the bomb explosion. Daedalus goes to kill Batman, but Damien throws a knife, killing the baddie. He is shocked at himself for killing. Turns out, though, that Jezebel Jet really is dead, and we find that the big bad is really... Wait for it. Talia Al Ghul. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so Chris and I are going to talk about our feelings for the story after a few words from some of our friends. Monthly, monthly, monthly. It's action film face off. Hello, I'm Jason the Weasel Skull Albrick, and I'd like to tell you about a podcast I do with my brother, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist. Action Film Face Off! Yes, thank you, Jared. Action Film Face Off is a podcast where my brother and I, who are both military combat vets... Jason was a Navy SEAL! Jason was not a Navy SEAL. Jason was a military intelligence wing. But anyway, in each episode of Action Film Face-Off, we select two different action films. Some of them have Chuck Norris. Technically speaking, none of them have had Chuck Norris yet. But it could happen because we use a randomizer set between 1970 and modern day to select our two films. So you'll always get two films, each from a different year. Our randomizer has spikes on it. We use a Google random number generator, so it does not have spikes on it. And we put the films into our video dome arena. It also has spikes. It does not have spikes. <laughs> but we discuss the films and score them through six different rounds of criteria. I score Bond films very high. Okay, that's true. But anyway, by the end of the episode, we crown one of the action films the champion of action film face-off. Next episode, Jason fights a bear. <laughs> Jason is not fighting a bear, but please give our show a listen. We're part of the Longbox Crusade Network of Shows. Pat Samson killed a man with a sword once. I can neither confirm nor deny that statement. But you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers under Longbox Crusade. Or you can subscribe to just our show by searching for Action Film Face-Off. Come see the blood fly! And that's Action Film Face-Off. We do, indeed, invite you to come and see The Blood Fly. I just said that. Welcome back. 
All right, Chris, what'd you think? Jerry, a lot of things in play here with this. First off, let me commend you for an excellent job. There, there was a lot of moving pieces with this particular story, and I really thought you did a great, great job with oh, your you. uh, summary of the the book. It was it was marvelous. I don't think I could have come close to have done it or have done it in, in maybe three times as long as it would have taken me if I was tasked to do that myself. So great job with the recap Thank on that. You. Uh, let me get some of the notes I have because they're a little all over the place. Um, so bear with me. First up, I have uh, a few comments with respect to the art. Uh, I panic's art is really, really unique and breathtaking in places. That said, he, he draws a great Catwoman, but I, I couldn't help but notice though, uh, he's a little fixated with uh, certain parts of her anatomy, if you will, which may be a little <laughs> off-putting to a, a, a reader. I, I think we did get a lot of cleavage shots. Uh, there's one uh, nice uh, back shot, uh, I think, which which somebody might think might be offensive and it could be borderline you know maybe this book isn't for kids per se you know mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then again with a lot of the pieces of we have here and the concepts this this is a heady thing which leads me to a point that is this a book for a beginner well yeah. it might be tough to come at i have to commend morrison because he really does a great yeah. job with respect to uh nods to the Batman Golden Silver Age history, if you will, in the times of the 50s, like uh, Batman of All Nations, you know, he alluded to in the previous uh, material that we've covered sometimes with Morrison, you know, it was stuff referred to from uh, Batman number 215, you know, uh, with Batman of Many Nations, and it comes into play here, but just with a broader and full scope. Excellent concept. I, I, I almost thought a little would have gone a long way, but he really gives us a lot of depth with respect to the characters. We we did get the turnaround with Gacho, which I thought was a marvelous mm-hmm. moment where you didn't see coming. And just the way he constructed the story uh, from one place to the other in the narrative, I really like how that moved along. I also liked uh, how they teamed up with respect to, at the conclusion, you sort of had like the word captions sprawled across the page through different panels, almost akin to the 66 series, you know, where, where there was the cliffhanger set up, you know, and and, and I, I could just hear Dozier's narration overturning, you know, playing in my head when I, when I saw that and a smile came to my face. A lot of things to like here with respect to that. I do like the use of the cast. I, I don't think I gave... Uh, I think we mentioned Burnham before on a previous show, and I didn't give him much of a do with respect to the bio. But a lot of uh, things reminded me, too, with... Reminiscent of uh, Frank Quietly's artwork, or in, in that, if you will, and I also got kind of a vibe of I was looking at a heavy metal magazine from uh, nineteen in the eighties, you know, with respect mm. to that kind of a graphic bit uh, with, with with his artwork, you know, it just sort mm-hmm. of had like that a heavy metal feel to me in places like this. Some of the art transitions weren't seamless, you know, it, it did take me out of the uh, story in the narrative in places, but. It recouped itself with the characterization. I think we got some great um, Batman and Catwoman interaction, if you will. Uh, the Batman stuff was very, very pleasant. The Stephanie stuff at the end was very, very good. So there were a lot of little bits of the things to like. I, I think this, the narrative maybe dragged on a little bit for me in places. It was a little confusing in places. But overall, this was a self-satisfying story that I have a slight marginal hindrance for rec- recommending this for a beginner, if you will, mm-hmm. because I think mm-hmm. it's it's too much thrown at them if, if, if looking mm-hmm. at it from that kind of view, because I, I almost thought I was a little lost in places. And who, who who would know if what what uh, Morrison is referencing if they're not really familiar with any of those uh, original stories? Because I think a longer, older Batman fan could appreciate what what he was going on here with respect mm-hmm. to things like characters like Deathman, if you will, and and, mm-hmm. and and the Kathy Kane Batwoman, the original in the yellow costume. Yeah. Yeah. So some nice stuff for some older fans, some confusing stuff for some newer fans. 
The artwork overall was pretty good. Jerry, what were your initial thoughts and impressions? Well, one thing I really liked was the the opening with Bruce, you know, and going through the kind of Batman origin story. And you see Bruce being influenced by a bat that flies into his room who sits on a bus, kind of like the raven sitting on a bus, um, you know, but now it's a bat. And I thought that was kind of a interesting retelling uh, very quickly, very briefly um, of Bruce's origin. Uh, we had some good Bruce and Alfred scenes, which I always like. Um, Alfred, I think, is very happy to have Bruce back, and he loves the bat life. <laughs> you know, he's he's just Alfred. You know, really likes doing all this stuff. You know, fighting crime and taking care of his boys. Um, we get you mentioned a couple of things about Selena. Um, there's a really great panel here of Selena kind of going to grab that weird gem in the um, uh, in the safe, and she's about to be attacked by a robot mouse behind her. She doesn't know it's coming, and she's her eyes. She just can't help but look <laughs> at the gem, and she looks gleeful. And and you know, I really, you know, I'm a big uh, Selena Kyle fan, Catwoman fan, and uh, that was a cool scene. Uh, there was, and you also mentioned something about. Um, you know, this is maybe not a book for kids. There's definitely some uh, references that are uh, more adult. Uh, in Tokyo, you know, we see her looking at a, a book and kind of looking at it upside down or sideways, making a kind of disgusted face. And, you know, you have to figure that's some kind of, uh, you know, Japanese porn that she may be looking at. And then she gets dunked in with this octopus. So, you know, there's kind of, is it hentai? You know, it, you know, what's going on here? They, it was never really, they didn't push it um, in terms of the visuals, but it's definitely making, I think, um, some more adult references here. Um, Lord Deathman was kind of fun. <laughs> you know, he used to be just plain old Deathman, but he got he got <laughs> promoted, I guess. <laughs> Um, it, I did find that the, you know, we see the origin of the, um, original Batwoman. Um, and, uh, you know, they, a couple of things they asked her, well, you know, why do we need a female Batman? And she's, you know, in, in case the Joker takes hostages and flees into a lady's restroom. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, I also kind of got a kick. Bruce has set up these sock puppet accounts. So Bruce Wayne is quote unquote funding Batman Inc. And, you know, Bruce is trying to hedge against people guessing that he's really Batman. So he sets up all these sock puppet accounts and, and goes into chat rooms to spread wild conspiracy theories. Oh, Bruce Wayne is Batman. And then another account that he has, you know, says, no, that's ridiculous. And then gives you an even more outrageous, uh, um, you know, a conspiracy theory. So his thinking is with all the crazy theories out there, no one will believe any of them are true. It's all just a bunch of hearsay. Um, the one, uh, issue eight of Batman Inc., um, is when they're in the, um, the cyber world, if you will. And the art is really weird and hard to, to look at. I don't know if, if you felt that way about that issue's art. Um, it was different than everything else. Yeah. Yeah, that that sort of took me out of the story. You know, here we were playing yeah. along pretty much uh, with uh, uh, Panic and uh, Burnham, and then we got to this one-off story where it just sort of kind of went off the rails a little bit there with this uh, cyber thing. And I was yeah. kind of like uh, taken aback, like, uh, what, what's happening here, you know, because it, it was just sort of like, a, I don't know, was this computer generated? It looked like some of the stuff mm -hmm. was, you know, uh, kind of, you know... Uh, 
digitalized, you know, if you will. Uh, It was a really unique take, and I don't think I've seen anything like that before. Kind of reminded me of that one uh, graphic novel that uh, they did back in the day with Batman, you know, with uh, it was computer-generated art. Uh, The penciler on that one was Scott Clark brought that up because I don't think I mentioned him in the bio. And he just did a one-and-done with this particular chapter, and it was just sort of... uh, just sort of this bizarre kind of thing with that. And I, I, I neglected to kind of include him on there. I should have yeah, mentioned him with respect weird. to the art team. But um, he really didn't have much of a biography on that one. But we should at least knowledge, acknowledge that uh, Clark did some work on this. And it was just sort of a unique one-off, you know, towards the as the book was winding down with that one. And it was just really bizarre. Work. Mm-hmm. It was good. And and I wish I could find more about him to include in the show. But uh, yeah, just yeah. Uh, this one-off chapter was really, really uh, unique and breathtaking artwork. It took me a while to get settled into it but once i did i thought that was really really evocative oh cool so you know i just overall i kind of found this the story to be a little little confusing and disjointed um there's a lot of different places as we're going all around the world not everything is really explained well um there's lots of characters you know it's an introduction of a series of characters every issue there's big bads you know that are getting swapped out we have these organizations oroboro leviathan uh we have uh daedalus we have lord Deathman. um you know it's just like who are we fighting what are they trying to do <laughs> you know we have people that are are traitors to the Batman, but then maybe they're not. And it's just a lot of stuff kind of coming at you all the time. Um, and you know, Leviathan, they, you know, it's, I guess it's a submarine where they like a prison submarine or is it an organization? You know, Leviathan didn't make any more sense in dark shadows when they tried that. So it, it's not really clear what's happening with it all here. Um, you know, I guess you just have to step back and say, okay, this worldwide organization of Batman is going to fight this other worldwide organization of baddies and just kind of leave it at that. And whoever's, you know, whether it's Daedalus or Lord Deathman or whoever is the big bad of the day, uh, you just kind of got to, you know, suck it up and uh, watch them fight. And I guess it's kind of interesting, you know, at the end, Talia is the main bad baddie. Okay, you know, it's just the next in the line of big bad. So, um, I don't know. I guess, uh, it, it was just, you, you never really had anything to focus on. This is the thing that we're trying to defeat. It's very, um, amorphous and it was really hard to get, you know, reading a lot, a lot, a lot of pages of comic books and not really sure what you're trying to do, uh, made it a little bit of a challenge for me to get through. Um, you know, do you feel similar? Would you, how would you rate this? And, you know, what was your recommendation or is Jerry, it a must Yeah. You know, I, I do want to go back to one thing you said with respect to Talia. You know, I, I thought it was sort of unique mm-hmm. character transformation with respect to this because she sort of had a unique history, uh, with, with this, you know, yeah. uh, love interest to Batman. Well, you know, and just, you know, she, mm-hmm. she wants, she calls him beloved and all this. And we were kind of used to that with respect to, uh, the character depictions in the seventies and the eighties. Uh, she would be kind of like, uh, silent, but, you know, a, a good partner, if you will, uh, even up to the nineties, you know, in the TV series with the Ant-Man indie series, the animated comics, you know, the reason one I reviewed over mm-hmm. on the, uh, Back Old Oracle podcast, you know, we, we show that, uh, Bruce still has an affection mm-hmm. for this character. I, I, 
I think she is more compelling as as a villain, if you will. We kind of see the hey, this is truly the demon's daughter, right? Rachel Cole's daughter, and you know, being a yeah. cold, calculating person who maneuvers in such a way, you know, as opposed to somebody who is mm-hmm. a Lex Luthor lackey, you know, uh, d- depiction, you know, where mm-hmm. she's running LexCorp, or if uh, say in a story from the '80s like The Lazarus Affair, you know, she did have a bit of a role there, which mm-hmm. was sort of like that. But there are other times. Uh, in other stories where she's just sort of like um, Bruce is on this escapade and she's basically there as a sidekick who does very little. You know, she looks pretty and she she sits mm-hmm. next to him in the bat plane, but she doesn't do much, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting to see the different roles Talia's had through, throughout uh, her history. And I kind of like this take mm-hmm. on it. And I, I wish they'd done a little bit more. I know when we covered things like, you know, Death of the Maidens way, way back in the day, just to see, you know, where she was, you know, just uh, oh, yeah. uh, trying to get uh, the battle for uh, supremacy, you know, with respect to, you know, uh, Demon and League of Assassins and everything here. It takes an interesting, mm-hmm. unique turn. I, I was careful not to kind of tiptoe around the tightrope with uh, talking about events in current comics with Event Leviathan. I don't want to mas- basically confuse any mm-hmm. listener who who's not familiar with that ongoing story arc as we speak, which is called Event Leviathan, and they're trying to find the identity of a particular character, and it's a pretty deep mystery in a six-issue limited series going on now. Which I, I, I'm liking, but I, I don't. I, I'm not digging it as much as I thought it would. But it, it, I, I, I like the, the thought and the premise of the story. So I, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there, but not necessarily include it or reference it to the overall body of our discussion with this topic. Whew, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I really thought wow. that Morrison throws a lot out here, and so does Panic with respect to the artwork. And, and for that, that gives me points. But I think I'm, 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 I am including personal biases, if you will. I mean, I don't, I didn't get too far without the second and third mm-hmm. page when we get to Lord Deathman, and lo and behold, Panic is drawing a reproduction of the cover to Batman 180, which I thought was a perfectly well spectacular uh, Easter egg that I got, but. Is somebody else going to get this? Is this going to be wasted on a new reader and stuff yeah. like that? So with that, <laughs> I, I dug it, but I, I don't know if anybody else would, especially a new reader. Uh, mm. Jerry, I, I'm going to land probably with a rating on this of uh, three out of five bats. I thought the overall content of body work was really, yeah. really good. A little long in places, a little stuffy in some places. But overall, Morrison has such a rich sense of, of, of history that he incorporates in, in, in the modern day. And I, I, I really commend mm-hmm. him for doing that. Artwork was kind of up, kind of up, kind of up, kind of down, kind of down, kind of down. Overall, it was pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. decent. Uh, but I'm going to say it's a three. I'm going to say it's a must read or recommend. I, I think it's more of a recommend for a longer time Batman reader who's had a couple of years under his belt. Mm-hmm. And I, I, by no means do I want to offend anybody who's a Batman fan, but I only say that because I think Morrison's throwing so much history out there that you, uh, a newer reader may not be able yeah. to appreciate as, as a longer time reader would. Uh, I, I, I do give some, um, uh, if I recommend it, I do with caution because I think you're going to get a lot of Batman lore here, which, which may or may not click click with you depending on how you come at it or where you came in with respect to Batman as a Batman fan. So mm-hmm. uh, three out of five, uh, not recommended for absolutely new readers, older readers, yes. And Jerry, what say you with the respect mm-hmm. to a rating? It's a must read or recommend. 
Well, I think parts of this are really great. I really enjoyed the Stephanie, um, you know, at the, at the boarding school. I really like that piece. I like the, the segment with the Catwoman and, you know, with the, with the jewel and then with the octopus and all that stuff. She's fun. Uh, she was written really well and I appreciated both of those parts. Mostly though, it's just the collection <laughs> of stuff. Um, and I was thinking, you know, some books, some books, you know, you, you read them. Uh, in the single issues and you know you say oh this is going to be better in trade and i think this one maybe have been better maybe was better as single issues because it's when you read them all in trade it's just a uh, oh now we're going to fight him and now we're going to fight this and now we're going to fight that and we're going to team up with this person um you know they're they're the overarching theme is loose this batman incorporated idea um and it's it was just hard to really get focused on. So I think in a in a given issue, you can have one bad, and you can and have one person you're teamed up with, and you can appreciate that. Oh, you know, El Gaucho, you know, great comic. Now we'll go on to to another one, and you know, we're going to be teamed up with this person, and that's fun. But altogether, it's just a wash of fighting and things to solve. Um, you know, is it, is Lord Deathman the bad guy? Or is it Daedalus? Is it this weird Star Wars looking dude? Um, and it, you know, is it Jezebel? Is Jezebel still alive? And no, it's Talia. And I think it would be one thing if there was like a mystery or some kind of like hints or something throughout, you know, where you're trying to figure out who it is, but it's really just a reveal. You know, it could have been anybody. It could have been Joker. It could have been, you know, Penguin. It could have been, you know, literally anybody. It's just, oh, no, it's going to be Talia. Okay, great. Um, so I think I'm going to bring this around the same place you are. I think I'm going to bring this in at a 3.0. I think it's a solid story. I think it's, you know, reasonably well told um, and really well told in parts. But I think overall the, you know, it's it's a lot to kind of get through. I don't think anything happens here that is a must read. Um, and like you, I would just recommend this for somebody that had maybe a thing about, you know, wanting to, um, read about one of these particular characters, which there are some great ones, um, you know, in here. Uh, Man of Bats, I, you know, is a great character. Um, but you know, overall, I just wouldn't say for the average beginner that this would be a good one to, to get involved with. Oh, well. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> well, that's what we have to say about uh, about this issue or about this trade. But, you know, we go out there a lot on the various interwebs and podcasts and various things and talk about all kinds of comics books and other related stuff. And one of the things that you do, Chris, um, you are reviewing uh, Batman Adventures and doing some other things at the Batgirl to Oracle podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Thanks so much, Jerry. Uh, Stella, who is the host of yeah. Batgirl to Oracle, is currently uh, flagging out some uh, potential new co-host, uh, which he recently mm -hmm. had uh, Shag, the Irredeemable Shag, on her last show. Mm -hmm. And uh, she asked her listeners to rate his performance, so go out there on Twitter <laughs> and uh, give him a score if you could. And my segment on the show, Stella has dubbed Chris's Cornucopia of Curiosities, where I do Ooh. look at the Batman Adventures title based on the 90s animated series. Mm -hmm. And I think they're marvelous one and done stories that were yeah. told, and I think they're very underrated. So I am doing a uh, deep dive into look at uh, that particular tome with some fantastic Great. artwork and um, some really enriching stories. 
Also, I have a segment within a segment called Nightwatch, where I'm looking at the current Nightwing title from a shipper's perspective. So I'm having a lot of fun with that as well. And Jerry, I got to <laughs> hand it to you because you're also busy as well. Because oh, yeah. uh, I'd like for you to tell the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and uh-huh. a couple of the other podcasts out there that oh, the listeners yeah. can hear your marvelous voice on. Oh, thank you. So on Twitter, you can get me at Professor Frenzy. And over there on Twitter, I tweet my weekly comics. We talk a lot about indie comics and also Dark Shadows and live uh, tweet horror movies at the hashtag Spanguli, uh, which is awesome. I got to meet Spanguli at New York uh, Comic Con uh, yesterday, uh, yesterday, day before yesterday. Uh, so that was super exciting. Um, and I also do a segment on the podcast Monster Kid Radio where I cover EC co- uh, horror comics. And I do a story every episode of that, which is weekly. And I'm having a lot of fun. I love those EC horror comics. Just did a couple of really, really good stories. And now don't forget, folks, you know, to check Chris and I out on the Professor Frenzy show. So that's a show that we do that is about indie comics. Uh, weekly show. And we also cover other pop culture topics. Um, we have memory minutes and we do rereads of classic uh, comics, uh, really good indie comics. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So check the show out. You can search on iTunes for the Professor Frenzy show. Like I said, find me on Twitter at Professor Frenzy and find Chris at BTO and Bat Books and you can uh, see what we're up to out there. Jerry, we got a couple of comments uh, on our last episode. Now, that was the one where we talked about Batman House of Hush. And first up, we heard from our good friend on Twitter, Green Lantern HG, on Twitter, Green Lantern HG. Mm-hmm. And he said, another great episode, guys. Thumbs up. And did I hear right that Batman Incorporated is next? Yes, you did. So I hope you're listening, Green Lantern HG. Yeah. We heard from our good friend Ian at IBM Miller on Twitter. And Ian, again, mm-hmm. thank you for making sure that uh, the the work uh, Leviathan Strikes was included in our episode. And he yep. said, with respect to Batman House of, House of Hush, excuse me, <laughs> Excellent review. I am very attached to these issues and think Mm. as a monthly experience, they are very delightful. The Carpenter is just such a funny villain, and the way Denny sketches out the corners of Gotham is creative and sharply observed. And I agree with Mm. you so much, Ian. And that was something that really caught me off guard when I looked at it initially, but I think you make an excellent point. And Jerry, we also got some likes and retweets on our past episode. Uh, We heard from Into the Weird at Into Weird. That's a podcast and blog celebrating the Bronze Age of Marvel Comics. It's run by Billy D underscore Licious and Dark Long Box. Uh, Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Herman. We appreciate that. We heard from our good friend I Was Joe Crawford at I Was Joe. We heard from Clinton Coffee and Comics at Coffee Comics BLG. We heard from Christopher Hamby at Chris Hamby Films. We heard from DC Now. That's a DC fan podcast and you can find their Twitter handle at now underscore podcast. And again, uh, Green Lantern HG, Green Lantern HG, thank you so much. <laughs> we heard from uh, Uranus at Uranus 88360103. And we heard from a new friend of the show, Willoughby Wolf at Willoughby uh, Wolf. Thank you so much. Great, and I think that you. was it. And if I overlooked you, my sincerest apologies and deepest regrets. Please let me on Twitter at BTO and Bat Books or let Jerry know at Professor Frenzy. And we will be sure to mention you on our next podcast. Thanks, Chris. So that's all we have for today. Please join us next time where Chris and I will cover Batman. Gotham shall be judged. My name is Jerry. I'm Chris. (laughs) And thank you for listening to Bat Books for Beginners. You don't use your words. 
die and save the day hey, Cassandra wait Don't go out upset with me But do me a favor Return and we start a big bad company You can go Cassandra You can go be free You can go Cassandra but don't forget, don't forget, don't forget that family. Helps Bruce defend Batman across the world. She proved the best sins before she was Becker girl. You can't beat her up or best her You know they tried even Batman She knows her home is the manor and goes there Whenever she can you say You can go Cassandra You can go be free You can go Cassandra 